0: Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk.
1: Dr. Rapici, how are you tonight? Uh, Barry Falk, uh, Dr. Barry Falk. (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I am uh, full of beans, dare I say, full of beans to discuss uh, our hero, Tough Teddy, uh, Tough Teddy Adorno, Theodore Adorno. And the form of the phonograph record. Now, I'm going to spring this on Michael now. Actually, he might start screaming, but I actually think we should have two episodes on Theodore Norno. we uh, He's I'm, definitely not in the mood. <laughs> to even hear I, I, this. Don't,
0: I don't have as many beans as you do. We'll, <laughs> I, I, I'm um, going to reserve but, the right to you know, to come back to that later. And you and know
1: what? The future, as Joe Strummer said, um, the future is unwritten. And uh and maybe there will be one, maybe there will be two, maybe there will be ten. Um, there will not be <laughs> there will there will not be <laughs> ten. <laughs> On Theodora Adorno, Adorno follows. But one thing we can say for sure, this episode. It's about Theodore Adorno. And it's about in particular his 1934. Uh something that I found out from uh a book that I'll be referencing often, uh, because it's really, really smart. Uh Jeffrey DeLeo's book Final Theory. Uh I'll probably end up referencing uh the piece a couple times, uh, along with our discussion of the main text, which I, I don't know if I've identified it yet. It's a 1934 text by Theodore Adorno, and here is where I men- why I mentioned Jeffrey DeLeo. He mentions that this is a, actually a pseudonym. This is a piece that uh, Adorno wrote under a pseudonym, and I and he didn't quite explain why. Um, maybe because it, it may just simply be a fact, uh, or uh, the deciding factor may have been that he was kind of working out his. Theory of the phonograph record in a couple different essays in a couple different ways, and he was literally, you know, in the literal, uh, the old school definition of the essay, he was kind of working out his ideas in the in in the form of these essays. But at any rate, uh, we're going to talk about a particular essay, uh, the form of the phonograph record by Theodore Adorno, and 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 I'll say just one or two other things about it. Um, I think what must be said about the form of the phonograph record. And I'll just get this in. The reason why I thought, um, why I was initially thinking that maybe this will be more than one episode is because Adorno wrote in the 30s and 40s, 20s, 30s, 40s maybe, um, a couple of essays about music and phonograph records and one called The Curves of the Needle. uh, And also an essay about opera and, but this essay about opera is really about how recordings of opera are in a way preferable to performances of opera. Uh, so there, there are a couple interesting takes. He's working out, um, uh, he's working some, working in a surprising groove. And, and this, and, and I think it's, it's kind of worth exploring, might be worth exploring, but back to this essay. Um, one of the things I think we're going to end up talking about in this episode is that for a good bit of the essay, uh, Tough Teddy is Tough Teddy, the Tough Teddy we know and love, um, whose whose basic take is that technology is the handmaiden of, uh, I can't use that term, I already got, well, let's, let's try that again. Technology is the servant, can I say that, um, is the servant of capitalism or is made to function according to capitalist Capitalism really sets the game for technology and is therefore, uh, and, and most of this essay enumerates. So this is the Theodore Adorno that we recognize from, say, the culture industry from the dialectic of enlightenment. And for most of the form of the phonograph record, we're getting a kind of tough minded critique and a sort of, demystification of the ways in which technological progress is sort of underwritten or rather is bolstering kind of class domination and and, and uh, capitalist exploitation. Except, and this is the other thing we will talk about, near the end, um, Adorno has a very interesting reversal or something, something happens or, or there seems to be something of a rupture in the essay. Uh, or a moment of disturbance in the force, where um, technology seems to have, according to Adorno, again, uh, uh, technologies enabling this technology, the technology of the phonograph record, um, seems to have made something possible that has never been possible before. And that in a sense, moves us closer to the utopian goal of a universal form of communication, more particularly a universal form of writing uh, that uh, Adorno says cannot uh, be denied uh, as a a kind of positive force, a sort of a redemptive force. So for that, I guess we're going to sort of trace that surprising path or uh, the path and surprising conclusions, the not surprising path. And then all of a sudden, the The interesting turnaround of this essay in the in this podcast, you have a comment or a question or yeah that, and I, I okay? I don't I, I'm just
0: gonna put it out now um sure i it's it's funny because as you're as you're talking your way through this, um i'm I'm not convinced that mm-hmm. the end is an about face or that this is really wholehearted full-throated optimism i don't i don't feel that he's terribly well, optimistic. Oh uh, well now
1: now you please i did not say full-throated optimism and use that term no, in, no. in the I same just, sentence with theodore w adorno i did not there, do there's that. a part
0: of me that almost <laughs> feels that and, and maybe
1: i don't i don't know it it, it almost feels I, like, I could, like i could see that you were not pleased with my description of, the, of my account of the redemptive no Lord. it's
0: it's not that i just feel like and maybe this is part of the reason why i don't have um mm-hmm. the the full i i don't have all the beans tonight um because it just seemed so mm-hmm. pessimistic about it i almost feel like the end of it is sort of like saying well i, I we, we we've got this knife and you can cut yourself with it so many different ways but the handle will not kill you like the, the
1: well, yeah a, i mean will be an interesting point for us to discuss i
0: think yeah i I mean i don't want to get into it now because we do have we do have some some full-throated condemnation to deal with before we get uh we're certainly comfortable in that territory (laughs) yeah and, and so is tough teddy as you've taken to calling him but um so yeah let's 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 jump in and talk about what what the arguments here are and and how we see um
1: well let me say that um I I fully, you know, I was giving the big sell on the episode, but uh, I I totally take your point that the reversal, rupture, redemptive moment that he speaks of is of a curious nature in the text. It's a curious moment in the text. And I think I would make the, or will make the argument that for Adorno, it does represent a kind of, I mean, I think he is working hard to say this is a unexpected development. This possible significance of the phonograph record or the invention of the phonograph record is highly significant. I think he, Mm -hmm. I would make the case that he is pretty much saying that. Now, whether or not it's redemptive in the way, it's redemptive in the say the sense that uh, to bring him up, since we'll probably bring him up again, um, this particular moment, this particular turn in Adorno is inspired by Walter Benjamin. We talked about Walter Benjamin in a previous episode, and of course, Adorno and Benjamin went back and forth about cinema, uh, and this argument that photography and eventually cinema had were liberating technologies because they, in destroying the aura of the work of art, they were making possible democratization. Technology was making possible democratization of art. And it truly is a democracy, you know, a secular redemptive moment in Benjamin. Whether or not the phonograph record functions in exactly that way, now, um, Jeffrey DeLeo and other interpreters of uh, commentators on this essay do make that argument that you know this is where uh, uh, this is where Adorno, uh, even though ironically enough, Adorno um, famously rejected in you know in many ways some of Benjamin's arguments, including his argument about. Uh, maybe especially his argument about the redemptive power and the political uh, the politically revolutionary forces of cinema. Uh, that this se- this moment, this about face seemed to be inspired by Benjamin. But whether or not it's truly redemptive in the Benjaminian sense, whether it functions in the same way, whether that moment functions in the same way that, say, the destruction of aura um, as a destruction of aura argument functions, in Benjamin's essay, you know, I don't know. That's something we'll discuss. But All anyway, right. so shall we move to familiar territory? Let's move to familiar territory. I'll, let's. I'll just. I picked a couple comments from a pickle. Uh, a pickle. I Did picked a know? couple pickles. I picked a couple choice passages from Theodore W. Adorno's essay that we'll discuss and we'll just sort of work through. And even though we're not visual here, I'm gonna share the screen so Michael can see what I'm talking about. So the the first passage that maybe we can talk about Michael is from the opening paragraph and we're reading from uh, Thomas Y. Levin's translation of the essay. Um, In terms of its form, he he opens up with this really wonderful, we should talk about this. Let me read, in fact, let me, I didn't plan on this, but I should read this. This is a pretty well-written, well-crafted sentence. One do, he talks about the form of the phonograph record, and it's a beautifully uh, descriptive passage, right? One does not want to accord it any form other than the one it itself exhibits. A black pane made of a composite mass, which these days no longer has its honest name anymore, Then, automobile fuel is called benzene fragile like tablets with a circular label in the middle that still looks most authentic when adorned with a pre-war terrier hearkening to his master's voice. At the very center, a little hole that is its time so narrow that one has to redrill it wider so that the record can be laid upon the planter. Now, Michael, you may not be old enough to remember this, but did you ever have to do that? Did you ever have to sort of, Uh, I I remember taking knives to the middle of a label and sort of whittling away because otherwise it wouldn't fit on my turntable. Did you ever have that experience? I never. Was it always a perfect fit? I think so. That or I was just wildly impatient and
0: just made it fit. Um, But I never had. I'm certainly, I, I, I remember well spinning the cassette tape on the pencil to rewind yeah fast right, forward right, but i right. don't remember having to drill out my records to listen to them though
1: yeah well i i didn't drill it out but i actually had to get a knife and sort of scrape out the center so i could actually play it well i own my only purpose in reading that passage is even in translation it's really well crafted and it gives you a sense um you know uh, of what Vinyl looks like and how it was, you know, the presentation of it. So it's important. And especially now, since no one knows or cares about the, the format, it's good that he sort of memorialized it there. But let's get to the meat of the matter, shall we? But, As perhaps the first of the technological artistic inventions, the phonograph record already stems from an era that cynically acknowledges the dominance of things over people through the emancipation of technology from human requirements and human needs, and through the presentation of achievements whose significance is not primarily humane. Instead, the need for the record is initially produced by advertisement, once the thing already exists and is spinning in its own orbit. Nowhere does there arise anything that resembles a form-specific to the phonograph record in the way that one was generated by photography in the early days so one of the things now let's talk about that passage and that passage already compacts i think um a lot of vintage era old school oh you know og adorno right mm-hmm. let's take down the format let me i'll start the i'll start the enumeration and michael <laughs> you can join in and we'll i will uh, we'll we'll beat up the phonograph record so the first one is this idea that uh, the phonograph record, it, even before it exists, there's an advertisement ready for it. In other words, it, it exists, it's made to be sold. I.e., so that's important, this this thing. Instead, the need is not produced by the music itself or the performance. It's initially produced, ushered into the world by an advertisement. So phonograph record is always already to use the well-worn phrase uh, a commodity that's one of the things it's me that means
0: yeah and so the the thing i thought here i'm trying to find where in this text it was um uh, nowhere does there arise anything that resembles a form specific to the phonograph record it's as if he's also sort of already you know this the, the the form of the phonograph is the the bastard artifact right like with the form of the image, you have the art in your hand. Um with photography, pardon me. With photography, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, exactly. But but with with here with with the record, and I think this this is you know nice little foreshadowing for where he goes, but you know, the 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 record is not the art. There's a distinction he's right, drawing exactly, between exactly. the artifact and um exactly. and I like also uh, maybe, maybe I'm finding some beans here. Maybe I'm just getting cranky as the evening wears on. Um, you know, this is this is this is not humane. This is inhumane. He uses that language a few times in the essay. That the yes. art, the 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 yes. form is not humane. Again, I think there's this move that he's making to distance. You know, one of like one of one of his sticking points is that the product of this technological advancement, the the vinyl disc is not art and what right. it contains and we're, we'll get to this but this is really what, what it contains is, is a problem that is only, not only not art but is also in his mind working against art, the art that it would like, like the like Sontag argues that the image is not the moment
1: Right.
0: Adorno is setting up the argument that the artifact is not the art. And that what is contained within the artifact, i.e., the record that you play, produces this thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that thing's not art either. This is this is the 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 bastard artifact, the
1: bastard child of art. It's just a black paint, no matter what you do. There's nothing special about the photograph the, about the inscription in this case it's no. always a black pane made of a composite mass etc cetera, etc cetera, et yeah et cetera, he was right? he was not ready That's for co- he was not ready for colored vinyl this he was
0: not re-
1: <laughs> this, this would not have worked for him without problems <laughs> it, it wouldn't work and let's do a little slow-mo here about uh, and this is why this is you know this is uh this is the adorno that we're familiar with from say the dialectic of enlightenment right in the culture industry one of the one of the you know one of the pull quotes from the culture industry chapter is that technology in i don't remember the exact phrase but it's basically this idea that in the capitalist age technology is always already linked to domination the mm-hmm. logic of technology is always the logic of domination because of the economic system that you know in which technology is put into service and we have that idea here right Here's the thing, as perhaps the first of the technological artistic inventions. And and so he's talking about it in terms of, you know, the, the age of industrial capitalism. Like this is what this is kind of a throwback to the age of industrial capitalism, which was already an age. And this is what he writes it already stems from an era the era of industrial 19th century industrial capitalism. He's writing this in the 1930s, but he's saying, this is basically a holdover from the factory. This had its birth really in the 19th century. And the 19th century was the age in which technology, it was the age of industrial capitalism, an era, now here I'll read him word for word, an era that cynically acknowledges so it's like the idea we go into the technology, we develop the technology, not with the idea that technology is going to liberate us. No, we build technologies that cynically quote, acknowledge the dominance of things over people. A technology that always, already to, uh, I'll, not use that phrase again but it always like our presupposition with the technology is that it's going to bolster the idea reinforce the idea that things are more important than people and that's what the phonograph record gives us mm-hmm. things are more important to people well Shall we move on to the next uh, calumny against the phonograph record or do you have other comments? No, more?
0: let's continue to traipse through the daisies with. Uh... Let's
1: traipse through the daisies. This this is the fun stuff, right? The, right. the criticism until we get the redemptive moment. Um, this is this is uh, Adorno in his comfort zone. Um, OK, so, Michael, let's talk about this. I'll pick up a little bit later on uh, and I'll, I'll pick up a little bit earlier. Um here too, a pure identity reigns between the form of the record disc and that of the world in which it plays, okay? The sentence, Adorno's not up to, no good. So he, and, 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 and let, let's say this before, I, I should mention this before we go on. What he's been doing really, and what he does for most of this short essay is say that there's a kind of identity between the object of the, and the form of the phonograph record and the more repressive aspects of capitalism. So that that's what basically he's saying here. Here too, a pure identity reigns between the form of the record disc and that of the world in which it plays, okay? The hours of domestic existence that while themselves away along with the record are too sparse for the first movement of the Eroica to be allowed to unfold without interruption. Dances composed of dull repetitions are more congenial to these hours of our leisure time. Our leisure time according to Adorno, has been reprogrammed, restructured, so that it's merely a break from the more important work time that we're all part of and that we all are being sacrificed to. Right, so. And so, too, music is being reformatted and restructured. So um, do you do you have a comment here? I do. Maybe it's the a comment or a yes, question sure. about how yeah, you're reading yeah. this. So
0: sure. here, too... Pure identity reigns between the form of the record yeah. disc and that of the mm-hmm. world in which it plays. So, and then he says, "You know, the the hours of domestic existence that while themselves away are too sparse." So, the 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 question I have, and it's a chicken or the egg question, is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are we is has everything been simplified and dumbed down because of technological advancement, or is the form just a part of the age where everything is done dumb, uh, is dumbed down like the the argument wow. here seems to be that you know the recorded music the phonograph is incapable of producing a an artistic density right yes and that's- absolutely
1: that that's wonderfully put too
0: and that's yeah. problematized further. It, it, I think I stopped you here. He continues by saying, "One can turn them off at any point." Yeah, right. The phonograph uh-huh. record is an object of that daily need, right. which mm-hmm. is the very antithesis of the humane and the artistic, since, since the, the latter mm-hmm. cannot be repeated and turned on and on, on at will, but remain tied to their place and time. Right. So, you right. know, is, is 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 has mechanization and technological advancement. Put us in a place where we're incapable, pardon me, of really absorbing and engaging with, I'll use the word again, I guess, the density of art. Or have we just created a, or do we just exist in a world where there is the business of work and everything outside of the business of work is necessarily simple and banal and mm-hmm. then the 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 form which poorly imitates art because it removes it from its origin right mm-hmm. it, it creates a cheap facsimile of art and therefore is i mean is everything that is not art now just a cheap something a cheap disposable um experience
1: well that's a fantastic question and I don't know if I can answer it uh, straightaways, but I can give two sideways answers for it. So first first sub answer or 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 try and uh, attempt at an answer or sideways answer would be this One point he keeps on making. I mean I get I guess my best answer to your question is Michael, all of that at once i mean i think he is saying i i don't know if he is i think he's saying that these pernicious processes that you're naming right i mean it's like different versions of bad things is what you're describing Mm -hmm. and i think he does feel that it's kind of the worst of all possible worlds it's a melange i don't know if he's separating them i think he is saying that we're in a couple different complexes so here's here's what i think there's a complexity of bad things. I mean, if I understand your question, you're thinking, is he saying this one bad thing is happening or is he saying another bad thing is happening? And no, I think actually, I think both I think okay. they can coexist. Right. I think they can, too. And that was my answer to it. I think he is saying precisely that. I think he's saying that it's a it's a big mess of bad things. OK, so, yeah, I no, I then then I, I think that's the answer to your question. Here's um, one. There are a lot of bad parts here. Here's one bad part of it. Um, one bad part of it, he makes his point not here, but elsewhere in the essay. One bad part uh, of this mess we're in has to do with the fact that he he has an argument which may have been true in the 20s and 30s. It may still be true today, even in the digital age. We could talk about this if you're interested. Um, One of the challenges that classical performances um, offered for recordings, classical music offers for recordings, is the sheer length of a classical, of a symphony, of an opera, right? The sheer Mm -hmm. length of it. So one of the things that was absolutely a problem, and also how do you record an orchestra, right? So just like the logistical problems of recording an orchestra, right? So classical music really presented problems for recording technology all through the 20th century, really, even to the present day, even when there were no longer phonograph records and there were CDs, still problems multiplied in the new media. Classical music is a bitch to record. So there's that. Uh, And one of the points he makes, and he uses this to denigrate or to criticize the phonograph record, uh, that basically phonograph records are not um, Adorno lives in a world where there's light music, popular music, and Mm -hmm. serious, quote unquote, serious music. Serious music was music in the symphonic tradition. Um, He's German. Serious music is is Wagner, is Albonberg, not Wagner, well, Wagner, yes, but he hates Wagner, but certainly Schoenberg, Albumberg, Mahler, Strauss. That's serious music. Um, And recording technology was at a a loss at that time to capture serious music. So that's one part of the problem, right? That's one Mm -hmm. part of the mess. The the technology privileges so-called popular music, so-called light music, as opposed to serious music like Beethoven. And now let me let me segue and also in part answer to your question. Let me return to the quote because I think this is this is another thing your your question was getting at. So the hours of domestic evidence that while themselves away along with the record are too sparse for the first movement of the Ero- Eroica by Beethoven to be allowed to unfold without interruption. So here's, he's also saying another thing that phonograph record is screwing up is this idea that if you go to Beethoven, if you listen to that symphony, if you listen to the Eroica symphony, you're going to have to commit yourself to staying in the performance uninterrupted, and you're going to have to commit too much, you know, a huge chunk of time. Now, in the new workday, where domestic, you know, leisure time has its function only within this large, within the hierarchy of uh, work leisure time, then you don't have time for that. You don't have time for aesthetic delectation, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be able to play part of the Eroica, (laughs) right, and turn it off when you need to go to bed. Right. So. So, I mean, that that also seemed to be what you're talking about. That's what you were asking about, like, what's wrong with the system? Mm -hmm. One of the thing is art takes too much time and we don't have enough time to give it. And the phonograph record proves that to him, even though it's portable, even though we're bringing it into our own home space. We are constricted by other things. So this basically is constricting the musical experience and not liberating the music. Well, experience. I think it's not even though I think it's uh-huh. I think it's because,
0: right Like part uh-huh. of the, the the portability of this is you now strip the art of its context. Oh indeed, indeed And indeed, we can't indeed. We, yeah. we can't trust people to understand what that contact context should be. Sure. So you can't properly formulate that on your own. I like th- this to me again is that argument this this removes gatekeeping right this this now lets you listen to it as you want when you want in the order that you want and that's not art that's that's a box of crayons that's not well, the art
1: Michael that's a great point do you think that that is really and is that what adorno is upset about because he does want to gatekeep for serious art so is that is this problem Is this problem is that the domestic listener is not able to recognize the greatness of beethoven and they're messing with the record and they're now listening to the record
0: well again i'm inclined to say i think that the answer is yes and Mm -hmm. right like i think that's probably certainly on his mind i think that this is just this is one of those situations where the technology presents a vastly altered landscape and as we had alluded to at the very beginning of the recording tonight, there's, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. Oh, well, this might not be a major problem and we might actually be able to derive some good from it, but I don't like what I'm seeing here. I think it's I think it's all of that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's move to the um, third, should we move on? Uh, we can uh, move on to the third redemptive moment, the dramatic uh, turnaround. But before we do, I was just, and we don't have to linger on this. But is this a good place for us to think about uh, modernity? I'm uh, not modernity. Our time, our moment. Uh, do we want to talk about whether or not uh, this critique of the phonograph holds true in the streaming world? You know, or should we just move to the redemptive moment? We can do no. That. Let's let in in the true
0: spirit of tough tough, tough Teddy. Let's yes. do both let's let's look at let's look at the conclusion here and then i think i want to also talk about how his conclusion fits with everything else as well in other words let's take a total let's take a full um a a full a full survey of the landscape
1: let's do it let's do it let's go to our let's go to redemptive moment number one in fact number one two and three since there aren't that many redemptive moments in here and it's of course, suitably near the end. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit of a passage. Interrupt me whenever you wish. Mm-hmm. So, kind of reversal. Well, I, I've been characterized in this various. This passage is variously as a reversal, um, a kind of uh, reversal in the essay, an attempt to redeem the technology. And, but you know, I, my words may be wrong. So let's let's. Let's hear the passage and we'll reconsider my terminology. So the dead art in this case, uh, the dead art, I'll pick up from the sentence right before here. So the dead art will be clear. Oh, That strange phrase will make a little bit more sense. Okay, there is no doubt that as music is removed by the phonograph record, okay, this is exactly what you were talking about a moment ago. Right. There is no doubt that as music is removed from its context, As music is removed, that's what you were talking about a moment ago, there is no doubt that as music is removed by the phonograph record from the realm of live production and from the imperative of artistic activity and becomes petrified in the form of the phonograph record, it absorbs into itself in this process of petrification, the very life that would otherwise vanish. Now, wait. So that sounds like optimism. (laughs) Thank you. That's exactly what I was about to say. Wait a minute. Instead of saying it's stamping out life as it's moving from into it, as it deprives the performance from its context, we have a surprising moment. The very life that would otherwise vanish is being preserved in the form of the phonograph record. What is going on? What is happening? We continue. The dead art in the phonograph record rescues the ephemeral and perishing art as the only one alive. Therein may lay the phonographs records most profound justification. Do my eyes deceive me? Is there a profound justification for this heinous technology, which cannot be impugned by an aesthetic objection to its reification? Don't break my heart, tough Teddy. You are at your best when you are objecting to reification. It's all about objecting to reification. Surely this is not true. But well, he continues. For this justification reestablishes by the very means of reification an age old submerged and yet warranted relationship that exists between music and writing. Hey, do we find a typo? I think we did. We found a. Do we? I think we found a title here with our close reading madness. Submerge and yet warranted relationship that between no, that, music that and writing.
0: That relate that re- relationship between music and writing.
1: Oh, uh-huh. okay. So I just a poor reader. I thought there was a bad. There was a word left out. Okay, let's stop that moment. Let's continue. Anyone who has ever recognized a steadily growing compulsion, and I'll pick up here so because we, we want to comment on this. Anyone who has ever recognized a steadily growing uh, compulsion that at least during the last 50 years, both musical notation and the configuration of the musical score have imposed on composition will not be surprised if one day a reversal of the following sort, occur, sort occurs. Music, previously conveyed by writing, suddenly itself turns into writing this occurs at the price of its immediacy yet with the hope that once fixed in this way it will someday And here's the startling sentence it will someday music in this new form in the form of the phonograph record will someday become readable as quote the last remaining universal language since the construction of the tower of babel a language is determined and yet encrypted expressions are contained in each of its phrases. Now, since I've been reading a long time, I'll try, I'll very quickly, you know, I'll try to bow out quickly by giving uh, Jeffrey DeLeo's great sort of precision of what's going on in this passage. And it's something like this that what Adorno is noting is that music has always, in a sense, been inscribed because of its intangible nature. Music has always been sort of limited or the only, the only way toward permanence music was the development of writing, the development of musical notation. So in a way, uh, even though performance is of the essence of music, there's a curious way in which write, it was always enslaved by writing or always subordinate to the fact of musical notation. As now, in,
0: as in you can't have a performance without the written notation there,
1: from at which every point perform right at every point I mean the the written notation is a script well right? I, which, which always precedes the music which always precedes the music so there is a curious way in which um um yeah there's a curious way in which music music has always been um tied to writing uh and that tie in a sense kept it fettered it's been fettered to to uh, writing. And now the form of the photograph record itself is inscription. Itself is a kind of writing. And now the performance is free. You and Let's just think of how this worked out in the form of popular music. How does popular, I mean, how many people, I mean, can you count the popular musicians who cannot read music, but they learned how to compose, right? right? by what by reading notation they don't, may not know anything about notation they just hear things that records and try to replicate it they try to replicate the writing that's on the form, that's on the phonograph right without writing without writing right so there is a weird this kind of reversal uh, almost utopian thing and that practice is utopian and democratizing in the same way that um the dream of a universal language. It would have the same, uh, or the immediacy of the internet. We're talking about a technology that literally restructures human brain patterns, human perception, and human networking, and human communication, and human interactions. So there is this weird, a kind of liberation that's more extensive than say the liberate, we talked a lot about um, Bazan, and the ways in which he sort of lionized the invention of the photograph as liberating painting from reality and as as standing for a kind of liberation from reality. Um, Adorno is critical of cinema and photography as an automatic mode of liberation. But in this curious moment at the end, he, he knows this reversal is a truly revolutionary thing. This reversal where music now has been inscribed in the phonograph record and liberates music from writing, that seems to be a truly universal and unexpected development.
0: Yeah, so in looking through it this time with you, I almost feel like I need to maybe recant and, 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 and reframe this conclusion not as I, this seems to be a bigger deal in light of everything else that we've talked about this. So I'm going to, I'll ask you a question hmm. about this, right? We say, okay, this is bad. This is bad. Right. So basically what the phonograph does is it encourages consumerism. Right. And it is watered down, serious music, giving us, you know, this, this is, this, this only is
1: it's in the record player,
0: right? It right. That's it. Sad. So you right. you have that's simple sad. music now. It's not, you you you've decontextualized it. We've you know made it. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't function as art anymore. But the good news here is that it, at the same time that it's watering and devaluing the art, at least it's elevating the art to a primary position above writing. Is that last point Mm -hmm. significant enough to celebrate the phonographic record the phonograph record that's a great question
1: Um, because i don't know like
0: the first time the first time i went through it i was like this is this really seems like an Oh, by the way, it doesn't, it's not, it's not wholly horrible. But as I'm looking at it now, you know, you, my first thought here was like, well, what's the big deal? Are you worried that somehow recorded music is going to kill performance? Or is this going to kill the performance of art? And that's not it. The problem is that the performance can't exist without the written word, right. that you mm-hmm. can never right. have mm-hmm. music as an art form be the primary thing it will always be subject to other things and writing i don't think is the only one right like it has to be performed in a particular place you have to have the artisans to create the music there there's there's a number of things that are going to have to happen that puts the actual art Mm -hmm. uh you know secondary or or tertiary in, Mm -hmm. in 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 the hierarchy and now it's like, wait, no, this this elevates art. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't like. There's a lot of devaluing going on. Mm-hmm. But is it worth that devaluing to people who likely were never really? They're they're on the wrong side of the gate
1: to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, reading at this time, I don't know. I, I I think we've reached uh, one of those moments where we where we typically throw in the towel. I'm not going to throw in the towel quite yet, but I'm almost. You know, I don't. Know I wouldn't I blame it. I don't. I don't. I,
0: I that that in a way is me throwing in the towel. Like I, I don't. I hadn't thought of this before. Now,
1: well, but you know, you, when you you were talking about uh, like when you saw the passage again, you you had this new thought about it. I had a new thought reading the passage and uh, I have to say reading it aloud, I was more uh, impressed that, that it is a revolutionary thing. The idea that you have, I think it is a revolutionary thing to be able to I'm working with the Tower of Babel thing. I think that's the Tower of Babel metaphor or the the dream of a universal language. I'm working with that idea. That's the idea that sort of hit me this time when I reread it. When you think about what what universal language is or that that idea of the universal does to the human, Uh, like what's important about a universal language? It creates a kind of new music. A new mode of intercommunication, a new kind of exchange, and mm-hmm. a new portability to art, right? A new portability to it. Now, when you think of it that way, I mean, so he's saying the phonograph gives a new portability that's not necessarily limited by musical notation, that it gives this kind of ability or the work of art of the phonograph record rather, Mm -hmm. not the work of art, but the phonograph record, that that material object can translate and be used in so many different contexts. That does strike me as a huge It also,
0: And the other thing is, he says is one of the things that the recording does is it removes time. So we're no longer bound by temporal constraints either. So you now have... It does seem utopian, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. Have we, did we... (laughs) have we found an about face here at the 11th hour where tough teddy suddenly has the heart of gold and is saying wait a minute this is a well, technology that
1: well let's linger let's linger with that for a moment think about the difficulty compare the difficulties let's linger on the, your last point because i think that was a br- really brilliant point point. and i think what we're what we've been in my comment and your comment what we're grappling with is this idea of this unit so what what he's really saying in that about face in, in, in that paragraph is he's saying that the phonograph record and undoing that hierarchy all of a sudden speaks a universal language. Well, let's go immediately to what you just said, freeing the record, freeing the recording or freeing the performance from time constraints, not just our time. Now, the bad part of it, he already talked about, right? That we can in a sense, domesticate the time of the work of art mm-hmm. to make it sort of fit our our needs, and you know, and we submit it right, to but a But what I'm domination. talking more is about this fits in the time capsule. But that that's the other part of it, Michael. And isn't that utopian? So think of this. Think of the difficulties that our students have with reading, and and um, this is not a this is not begging on students, right? I, they have a this problem because. It's difficult, it's, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's not. It's it's a real problem. But think of the difficulties. Just think a moment. I have to assign, or you have to assign a Dickens novel. We know that it takes a different kind of literacy or training, right? Right. To read a text, and I pick Dickens, but I really the thing I'm thinking of is you know, empowered by you, your example, inspired by your example. Um, What I'm really thinking of is the difficulties we have in reading a text that's 100 years old, right? Right. Uh, It usually requires, even in the same language, it requires a kind of training, the development of certain kind of literacies and competencies. Okay, let's compare it to listening to Robert Johnson, Duke Ellington, Mm -hmm. or the fact that, now this doesn't dominate the radio but you probably can find 60s rock and roll 50s jazz miles davis on some radio. can even on terrestrial radio probably can we're talking about recordings that are up that are they're not a hundred years old but they're 60 years old or 70 years old and no one bats an eyelash mm-hmm. that in itself is a kind of liberation for time, and isn't that kind of utopian? Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of utopian. No,
0: I I, I see this differently, and it's so. Let me let me point to just one last passage here. If sure. we go to the sure. very end of this, okay, he says to wrap up the essay. What may be announcing itself here, however, is the shock at that transfiguration of all truth of artworks. That iridescently discloses itself in the catastrophic technological progress. Pause that for a it. second. Right. That's it. Technology that's it. is that's not it. it's a catastrophe, right? But ultimately, the phonograph records are not artworks, right? So he's never saying, but but that's not about it. The phonograph encapsulates, it holds, it is a container, right? So ultimately, the phonograph records are not artworks but the black seals on the missives that are rushing towards us from all sides and the traffic with technology. Missives whose formulations capture the sounds of creation, the first and the last sounds, judgment upon life and message about that which may come thereafter. This seems I mean, very both, celebratory here.
1: Totally celebratory. And you know what? That last, Those last phrases, um, this is really where he gets Benjaminian. It's the language of religion, Mm -hmm. the language of the last Trump, of the last judgment of first and last things. It's, but yeah, this is a moment of religious transcendence, like the divine entering the the secular realm. He's careful to keep
0: technology in
1: its place. Right.
0: And he's careful to make explicitly clear that the vinyl recording excuse me that that the that the what what is his his the the phonograph record itself the artifact the, right is it's not the artifact. thing it's not and art. i think that's what distinguishes what makes what, what enables him to make this argument that's different than photography or film even or painting is that the technological thing is separate from the art itself this is merely a conduit for the art so i think as much as it hates the technological push i'm going to argue that yeah the juice is worth the squeeze because this, this 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 immortalizes it this keeps it and it and and in doing so elevates it above that pesky writing business
1: and you know what, Michael, you made me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very glad you read that passage because, you know, the first part of the passage ending with what, what was it? Catastrophic, technical, technological, <laughs> yeah, catastrophic,
0: progress. technological. But, but, progress. but,
1: you know, I mean, in a sense, those two sentences are the form of the essay, like everything that, you know, you and I were talking about in those earlier passages. They were grim, right? It was grim. Uh-huh. It was it was vintage Adorno but it was because he was still writing within that perspective of i am describing the catastrophic technological progress uh-huh. but then in that final sentence you read that's where he that's where he turns that's where he gets beyond the progress and said yes this really is part of a this is inextricable from a disastrous thing but there's something, I don't know, I like I, this is why I was using the word redeem earlier. This is a kind of redemptive, a weird redemptive event that's occurred as well. Yeah. A singularity like has occurred. Is it, There's a, kind of a singularity. This is, I mean, a weak version of the singularity that the tech, that not the work of art, right? But the inscription of the work of art, the the phonograph record, has brought a singularity into the world that no one could have anticipated. I dig it. I got some beans. We're done. Shall we I leave it? We it? I think all right. we, I think we've done all we can do. There's nothing more
0: we can do. No, who would try? Barry, <laughs> uh this was this one this this was one of those interesting moments where the uh I I didn't see us landing here but I'm 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 glad we did.
1: So thank you, as always, for a good conversation. A pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you again, Michael.
0: We we will not be doing uh, 12 more episodes Ten more, At least 10. I don't think so. But we
1: will come with something interesting next time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again, Michael. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.